maybe the, we just the, dated ourselves uh, the with hip language of the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hope that we're not those old people that try to like use a hip language. <laughs> oh, I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like maybe one one of these times we are going to be those people. Welcome to Marriage Talk. I'm Sheldon. And I'm Valerie. And this week, we want to talk about oneness in Mm. marriage. What does that even mean? (laughs) What does it look like to become one? Family Life's Weekend Getaway Marriage Conferences do a deep dive into this. And today, we want to highlight that Mm -hmm. because it is such an important aspect to a fulfilling marriage. Mm. And really, this is coming from, we recently were just out in Ontario at a weekend getaway. We're one of the speaker couples that Family Life has. And so we were out at a weekend getaway. And then... And uh, and so that's really where this topic is coming from. But after that, we actually went and took a few days for ourselves and went to Niagara Falls. Not sure if anyone has been there or not, but this was our first time. And I absolutely love waterfalls. Like of all the like natural wonders, that one is one that, I don't know, it just kind of takes my breath away. And you just kind of see the power of God and his creativity that he's like, oh, I'm going to make this. And it's just so cool. So it was a lot of fun to go and to see them and just how majestic they are yeah or how powerful they are too just watching the constant water listening to it seeing it coming over the falls it yeah it is breathtaking to be there but we had this how would i put it one instance there (laughs) interesting situation an interesting situation it could just be a coincidence but I highly doubt the way it unfolded that it was a coincidence, but who knows. But if you're ever wondering if they are listening <laughs> when you're around the falls, I would vent, I would lean towards yes a little bit more than what I would have beforehand. You see, one of the tours, you're able to go to, it's called Journey... Journey under no journey under the falls, and it has these lookout points where you you can, are fairly close to the falls, and and you come out onto these lookout platforms, and you can see them yeah. at a closer range. But the only thing that is stopping you from getting even closer is a gate that's about only about waist high. Yeah, it's not so, very high. So you can easily just step over it yeah. and get really close to the falls. I which, mean, which actually we found out in reading the information is illegal. Like it used to be that people could, if they wanted to be a daredevil, could go and, and try going over the falls, but it's now illegal. And if you survive, you get fined a huge a amount of money. money. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and then we're off. So part of this tour, you also get to go to the side of it. And so then I'm sitting there thinking, thinking, well, actually, I'm not just thinking. I say <laughs> it out loud. It. Yeah. I wonder if I could just step over there, get a really quick, quick picture, and then jump back on. Like, nothing is stopping you from getting that close to take a picture. It's not yeah. to jump over the falls or not to, like, jump in. It's just to get a closer picture. And not even that, not we that I would serious. Not it that was I, just... Yes, I wouldn't like, do it. It was like, wow, that's shocking that it would be so easy to do that. Right, that there isn't more guarding you from just being able to do that. And so I've said this multiple times. All of a sudden, I look behind me, and here is a police officer standing there, which, okay, no big deal. That one didn't really kind of get me off guard. Just like, oh, okay, they have police monitoring it. No big deal. But then as we come up these stairs, there's actually the secret service 
well, or secret undercover, a- undercover agents. But secret they, agents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think they are secret agents, but because they're wearing the the ponchos that they give you, they're wearing street, street clothes. clothes. Yeah, they look like in just well, like normal, normal yeah, yeah. people. Right, but then they've got these earpieces in that are totally. They're like. They're totally listening <laughs> to us. Anyways, it was a, a we unique... We think, anyways. Right. It was a unique experience that really caught us off guard. So, like I said, not saying they are listening, but I think they might be listening. Yeah, it was a little suspicious how, after seeing all those things, all of a sudden we saw quite a few of these Secret Service people <laughs> right, right, right. monitoring, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. making sure that we didn't jump over the fence. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So, anyways, if you get a chance to go to Niagara Falls, we highly recommend it it was such a wonderful time away just the two of us and just being able to just again see how majestic really the falls are and the power that they are it was amazing yeah it's really quite incredible yeah but again remember they're listening, yes. so careful of your conversation. <laughs> Don't jump over the fence. <laughs> Don't jump over the fence. That's right. All right. So today we wanted to talk a little bit more about oneness. Now, this oneness is not sameness. Okay, We're, we don't want to get those two. They're not interchangeable. No. We're, we are not talking about being the same person yep. in marriage because we shouldn't be. We should not be identical as our spouse. But there is this oneness in marriage that that we're aiming for. The question is, is like, what does that mean? What does that look mm-hmm. like? What is that all entail. And if we read scripture, we actually see this theme of oneness and marriage woven throughout all of scripture. We first read about it and we're introduced to it in Genesis. Jesus talks about it in Matthew and Mark. And then Paul writes about it also in the book of Ephesians. Going back to Genesis, really the verse that we're introduced to it is Genesis 2.24. Where it says, therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh. Now, I'm not sure about you, but when I read that, it's just like, what does that mean? Yeah. How do we practically live this out in our day-to-day lives? What's the application of oneness that we're talking about here? Yeah, exactly. And so today we do, we want to kind of talk about that. And right. what what we see and what we teach really with family life is that there's four essential elements that are at that core of oneness. And those four elements are relational, emotional, physical, and spiritual. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to talk about those really briefly in the podcast here today. And so we're going to start with relational oneness. And this is really referring to the things that help build the friendship, conversation, shared experiences, trust, kindness, healthy conflict. (laughs) Right, right. Right, forgiveness. Those are a few of the things that help to build that relational oneness. Right. Now, for us, this is really looked like, and if you want to know even more on the friendship side, we actually just did a podcast on that, episode number six. Yeah. Not sure if you've listened to it yet. If you haven't, we recommend. Yeah, check it out. Check it out. Go back there. But it really talks, episode six really talks about how to build friendship in marriage, which is part of this relational oneness that we're talking about. One of the things that we really had to learn with the relational oneness piece was how to have a conversation <laughs> together. It's true. We really struggled. <laughs> right. Um, it was very one-sided. So we got really Now, when you say one-sided, just so everyone knows... It was me. I was the one-sided piece. (laughs) Yeah, so we we had to work on that. So you know what we did? We got a fun snack. We got something to make it an enjoyable time so it wasn't like, okay, we're doing our homework kind of thing. So we got something fun to eat and we actually set 
a timer, you guys. <laughs> we did. We each had three minutes, and then it gave us some, some air time because we didn't know how to do that, that have that back and forth right. because we're so different. Right, right. Our personalities, the way we process, the way yeah. we, we talk, it's just so different that it was so lopsided. Yeah. And so... I I do have things to say. Yeah. I just needed some space and some airtime to be able to say those right, things. Right, right. Because I have lots of things to say, <laughs> and I would just cut you off to say it, even if I'm saying the same thing over and over again, or at least saying it in a maybe a little different yeah. uh, angle or maybe a few more words or less words uh, with that. And so really, I was not a great conversationalist early on in our marriage because I would just hog all the airtime. Yeah, and neither was I because I didn't know how to really step forward and say like, hey, I need some time to talk. And so we had to learn. It's almost like that tennis game where you got to get the ball going back and forth, that rallying back and forth of the ball. We had to be really intentional to learn that. That's right. All right, so let's keep moving through. We've got emotional one. This is the other one that we want to talk about, which is really just all about closeness, knowing each other, knowing ourselves, being able to express express our needs and desires in a healthy way rather than withdrawing if our our desires or our needs aren't being met. Sometimes we'll withdraw or other people will restore, kind of go the opposite side, which is um, resorting to anger. Or getting aggressive, like really pursuing those needs. Right, right. Which again, withdrawing and anger, they could be really easy temptations or easy responses for us to go to Mm -hmm. uh, with them. Yeah, and for us personally, we had to learn our own feelings and our own needs and desires, that self-awareness. Right. And then learning how to, again, communicate (laughs) these in a healthy way. This is another one that we had to practice. In fact, I think we had to practice all of these areas of oneness and still continue to practice them. I don't think we're actually ever done practicing them i think they get easier yes i think we understand them more as we start to understand each other more we understand who we are are like understand ourselves more i think the each piece of the oneness that we're searching does get easier but i don't think we're ever done pursuing it no for sure i think you just go deeper and deeper right right? like it's yeah you just keep growing in the depth of Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. but going back to the emotional oneness and understanding our feelings this was something that you know for me it was never really an easy thing for me to be able to process my own feelings or my own emotions it's something that i don't really like to have to do (laughs) but it is something that i am learning to how to process or as the kids say i think they say it's still this way right the feelers or that got me in the feels or whatever i think that's uh, yeah if not then maybe we just uh, dated ourselves uh with hip language of the day (laughs) yeah yeah i hope that we're not those old people that try to like use a hip language (laughs) oh i hope not yeah I feel like maybe one one of these times we are going to be those people. Anyways, but really being able to identify my own feelings is and, and really what's going on inside of me has really led us to being able to feel closer because we're able to process what's going on. I'm able to process, is this a me issue? Is this a relationship issue? Yeah. Is this a... Is this a you issue that I need to talk to you about it because what you're doing is 
bothering me or, or it's affecting our emotional oneness, which again is something that we've had to learn how to raise those things up in a healthy way because mm-hmm. addressing those things actually is moving us closer to emotional oneness. Not addressing the things that our spouse is kind of bothering us or those things is moving us away from that emotional oneness. Yeah, for sure. We can't feel close if we're feeling like there's all these barriers and that we're always being hurt right. or pushed away or our needs aren't being met Mm -hmm. and it's a tricky thing because yes God is where we are to go to God to Mm. meet our needs that is the ultimate source of of having our needs met but the interesting thing is that God designed us for relationship with him but also with other people and so God's given us the opportunity to be in relationship to be displaying that kindness and the thoughtfulness to love each other and to meet those physical needs because we live in a physical world Mm -hmm. and so it's one of the spiritual practices of how to love well and part of that is dealing with those emotional needs and desires Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and so okay we're going to keep moving down our list here and talk about physical oneness and this one you know what we get it sex and sexuality can be incredibly (laughs) confusing and polarizing and sex honestly it is an idol it's an obsession in our world in and outside of the church and often it just looks different in those two groups and some people you know what they're shouting off the rooftops about it and just can't say enough about it to the point of it being not appropriate and not good but other people are so terrified of the subject that that's not good either because they're not able to process and dialogue and find out what does the Bible actually say about Mm -hmm. sex and sexuality. Mm -hmm. And you know what? It's this worshiping of sex or other things mm-hmm. and it isn't a new problem no this is something that's been around since ancient times in romans paul actually talks about how people were worshiping the created things and sex is a created thing rather than the creator god and this is what we still see happening today i think today though it's just way more public mm. right and a lot of that has to do with the sexual revolution and the role that that plays played in this area and in our thinking Mm -hmm. so much of of what's out there about sex is that it's just something physical Mm -hmm. it's been the spiritual aspect has been removed from it it's just about me it's just about my satisfaction my needs Mm -hmm. and and just a really unhealthy singular way of thinking about sex yeah that it's just about as you said just about me as this personal thing but god's actual design and purpose goes way far beyond this physical physical reality that we're talking about here because sex and sexuality it's actually something physical it is a physical thing but it's to actually teach us about something spiritually he actually created sex and sexuality as a metaphor as we've been learning more and more on this topic one of the teachers teachers that we've been learning from is dr julie slattery and she says that sexuality and marriage were created by god to teach us about his love his pursuit his faithfulness and his passion towards his people God gave us sex and sexuality to teach us about his covenant love, (laughs) a covenant love that's based on faithfulness, uh, based on intimate knowing, sacrificial love, and this passionate celebration that that we can have. Yeah. And you know what? We did not know this. We didn't get 
it. (laughs) We've been Christians a long time. And until we started researching and studying on the topic of sex and sexuality, we we didn't get that God had a bigger purpose. Mm -hmm. That it is this huge metaphor to teach us spiritual truths. And at first it was confusing as we were learning about it. So confusing because trying to wrap your head around God and sex because they seem so far apart. (laughs) Right. Right. And and not just sex, but even sexuality, right? Our our maleness, Mm. our femaleness, Mm -hmm. and the way God designed us. But um, but since doing a deeper dive into this, we've realized, you know what? How little we did know about God's view and how much it makes sense once you do start getting it and right. understanding the design, the purpose, what God intended. Yeah, yeah. But but it was interesting to see how much we had been influenced by other things, other worldviews. That's true. And so, you know what, if any of you, if if that's something you've never heard before and you mm-hmm. want to do a deeper dive yeah. into what understanding... What are these people talking about? <laughs> yeah, understanding that metaphor and what God has to say about sex and sexuality, we highly recommend Dr. Julie Slattery. She has a ministry called Authentic Intimacy, and she's done tons of great research, and she's got really great resources, and she's written a number of books. Mm-hmm. And so that is AuthenticIntimacy.com. Mm-hmm. And as you're learning about it, and you find it confusing, keep learning, yeah. right? Like we, as we started learning about it, we were like, what? How does this make sense? I don't understand it. But we kept learning. We kept digging in. And eventually we're starting to be like, oh, now I see it. Now I'm starting to grasp yeah, it. Yeah, that great mystery that's talked about that's in right. the Bible. That's right. But yeah. there was long, many times where, where we were, what, is, what are we reading? Uh, and so if you do dive into it and you have those that same question or that same feeling, don't give up, yep. keep keep going. And <laughs> there's also another organization that we've come across recently, yeah. uh, and they're called the Union Movement. And they have a great video series for parents to learn more really on how to have ongoing conversations with your kids about sex and sexuality. So jo- Dr. Julie Slattery was more about being able to understand the metaphor. She speaks more to adults. Uh, a biblical worldview of sex and sexuality. Right. And the Union Movement is uh, actually geared a little bit more towards uh, helping parents have conversations with their kids about those topics. So that's the two differences between those two organizations. Yeah, but both are excellent and yeah. so helpful, especially in helping disciple our kids how to navigate this world that is so sexualized. We mm-hmm. live in an R-rated world and we have to be able to equip our kids how to to, to swim in these mm-hmm. waters and survive yeah. and not be drowned by yeah. it. and how to have conversations with people, yeah. how to not be, as you said, not be scared of it but how we also need to help our kids not to engage in it and in uh, in, in an unhealthy way well to understand the why that's right that was so crucial for us is why Mm -hmm. why does it matter why has god created sex for marriage why is sexuality such a big issue Mm -hmm. and uh, and and leaning into how god has created us Mm -hmm. why does that matter that's right right it's Uh, not just a list of rules there there's there's a why there's a reason there's the design there's a purpose behind all of this yeah and, and that's God's not just this angry old guy with a beard and a and a rod in the sky waiting to like yeah. zap us with with right. lightning if yeah. we take a wrong step but he wants us yeah to know him in a deeper way yeah. and so well it's interesting as we've learned more on this topic just how much i've realized there's a lot of sexual terms in scripture 
Oh, and there's a lot of metaphors written through using using sex and sexuality through it, and it is just really a whole nother lens of angle that this year, as we've been reading through scripture again, that has really been standing out to me uh, as we've made our way through uh, reading through the Bible again. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about the the last kind of element that we said we were going to talk about, which is spiritual oneness. Right. And so how do we become <laughs> one spiritually? <Yeah. laughs> and you know, I, honestly, I think it's kind of the same way we grow spiritually individually. We're just doing it together mm. and we're spurring each other on. Right. I love actually how the Westminster Catechism puts it. And they say that the chief goal of every person is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Yeah. Now, again, I think we've said this before, but we've both grew up in the church and yeah. we would have said that our chief goal was to satisfy God. We, we would have believed to that. To glorify God. Or to glorify yeah. God. Yeah, we would have said that. But if you would have looked at our actions, our actions would have been telling a different story because early on, our chief goal was really to glorify ourselves. And we'll tell you that left us in a world of pain, uh, dissatisfaction, and really we uh, just emptiness. Yeah. We just found emptiness uh, after the things we were chasing. Eventually, they just led to emptiness in our lives. And so really, it wasn't until we made our goal to glorify God, to know, to love, really to obey Him, that we found this oneness, that we found this wholeness that we so desperately wanted and needed, but yet we weren't really able to achieve it any other way. And let me say this, is like we trust us. we have tried every other way to find this oneness and it has really only been found through a relationship with God uh, and yeah. and pursuing putting God at the center of our marriage putting God at the center of our lives and that has really moved us towards oneness together in our relationship yeah oh for sure mm -hmm. and it's looked in different ways for for us it has. Uh, something that's really helped us in growing in our spiritual oneness is reading the Bible and praying together every morning. For sure. And we've also done deeper dives into very specific topics within the Bible. Yeah, that's helpful because sometimes it's confusing. You read something, and you're like, what? Because it's from a different time. Like, right. it, it, Scripture was written a few thousand years ago, and it's a different culture and a different people. It was written to the uh, Hebrew people. And so it's confusing. <laughs> it can be. It can be for sure. Yeah. But again, don't give up. Keep reading. Keep diving in. We've also started reading other books uh, that really impacted our life. I, I remember just as we were making a, a big change in our life and really trying to learn what it meant to live as a Christian. Like, what does that actually mean? What does that actually look like? How do I practically apply this in my day-to-day -day living? And there was a few books that really impacted my life. Two of them that I'll mention here, there was it was Kingdom Man by Tony Evans and then Quiet Strength by Tony Dungy. I don't know why the two Tonys uh, had, had a big thing <laughs> in my life, but those are two books that I look back on and I they really impacted my life as, as a husband, as a father, as a leader, as a Christ follower. And, and what does it actually look like to live 
without being a Christian. Those are two resources that have really helped me in my life. Yeah, and for me, something that really speaks to me is reading some of the classics. Yeah. Uh, books from C.S. Lewis, like Mere Christianity and, and some of the other books that he's written. A.W. Tozer has some amazing books on just growing spiritually and, and getting to know God. Spurgeon and G.K. Chesterton reading biographies and autobiographies of people who have lived mm-hmm. a life that glorified God and then looking at that and seeing that you know what they had their struggles they had their ups and downs yep. but ultimately they were continuing to move in the direction of glorifying God mm-hmm. enjoying God and mm-hmm. knowing him in a deeper way and so those are some things that have really helped me as well right because they're not perfect people no because right? nobody is that's right but they can <laughs> Continue to take steps towards God, and those books are, are so great with that. I, also, one of the things that really changed too was just what we consumed. Yeah, whether it was be what we're watching on TV or movies or music, yeah. we really just looked at the things that we were consuming and how they were influencing us, and started asking uh, asking questions of: Are these things drawing us closer to God and to each other, or are they actually pushing us away? from God and from each other? Are they influencing us in a good way or are they influence us in in a negative way? Yeah. Uh, and so those are just questions that we started to ask ourselves and really just the lens that we started to evaluate things through and, and making decisions on what we would allow to influence us and what we would allow into our home, those different types of things like that. And so those were another thing that we really walked through in our lives. Oh, we did. And sometimes, sometimes with entertainment, sometimes it doesn't necessarily necessarily draw us closer to God, but is it wholesome? Mm. Is it drawing me away from God? Books, movies, all those things, they are cultivating something Mm. in us. Is it cultivating a love for the things that God loves or is it cultivating a love for the things that God hates right. and having that lens. And that isn't my lens. I that's a, There's an author that I enjoy, uh, Andy Wilson, and that's something that he says. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was just so helpful in evaluating the entertainment that I was watching mm-hmm. and really paying attention to what kind of love is this cultivating in me and drawing me towards. Mm-hmm. Because it was interesting when, you, when I evaluated it, how influential the entertainment that I'm consuming Mm. is. Yeah. Yeah. And and we're not saying that all entertainment's bad. We're not saying that all movies, like we're not saying like cut all that out. But is there a question that we can ask ourselves? What's the lie that this movie's telling us? Or what's the influence? um, What what is it cultivating, as you just said? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so we start asking ourselves those questions to review what we're allowing in. So those are a few of the things that have really helped us in our spiritual oneness uh, in, in growing with that as well. So those are some thoughts on mm-hmm. oneness. Those are yes. some high level thoughts on the relational, the emotional, the physical, and the spiritual oneness and how really we are to be thinking about it. Because often, and this was us, often we don't know how to pursue this oneness. We hear about it. We have maybe heard some sermons if we attend church or we've heard this topic of oneness, but we really don't have the tools or the examples. And sometimes we just don't even know where to turn to or how to do the research, where do we even find the research 
that helps us to understand marriage and helps us to understand this oneness theme that we hear about in marriage. Well, yeah, because not all research is equal. Some research is really, really poor and <laughs> it can true. lead us down a really dangerous path. It's true. And so even in, in that, finding the good research, mm-hmm. the research and tools. And so, you know what? Once again, we are going to shamelessly yes, <laughs> plug the Family Life Weekend yeah. Getaways because these weekends do provide some of those answers and and there's practical tools and real life examples from the speakers. And right. you know what? That is a great way to pursue oneness, but you don't have to come to a weekend getaway to be working on these things. And right. we encourage everyone to start today to be working on oneness in their marriages. We'd encourage you to do some research, study God's word and what he has to say about marriage and relationships, love and forgiveness. Start having honest conversations with each other about our marriages and how we're feeling, what each of us is seeing Mm -hmm. and experiencing. That can be so helpful in navigating some of these things and growing in oneness. Totally. And one of the great things about the Weekend Getaways that has been done by Family Life is that we've done that research. We've put together and, and the weekend is put together in a way that's helpful, that's fun, it's practical and safe for both the husband and the wife really to share and to grow in their oneness. Because Often, and again, this was us, we want it to grow, but we just didn't know how. We needed those concrete examples and those tools. And that's really what we found when we attended our first weekend getaway with Family Life. Yeah, yeah. So you know what? If you would like some more details about the getaways and the different locations and you know what? Other great resources, Mm -hmm. go to familylifecanada.com and you can click on find an event if you're looking for the weekend getaway or you can just explore the website a little bit. Like I said, there's tons of free resources, webinars, blogs. That's right podcasts, different things that you can check out. And so actually, if you want to hear Sheldon and I speak... Yeah, if you're not tired of our voice, yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, we'll actually be at the the weekend getaway in Victoria, British Columbia in February and also in Waskasoo, Saskatchewan right. in April. And we would absolutely love would. to see you at one of these conferences or any conference. That's but. right. That's right. <laughs> and you'll hear more of our story at those two conferences as well. So oneness. Is this a term that scares you or is this a term that excites you? Or is this just a completely foreign term? (laughs) What are they talking about? (laughs) That's right. That may be the question that you're processing here. Or do you feel like you're moving towards or away from oneness in your marriage? And, And the last question that we have for us all to think about here today would be, what is one step that you could take today to move in the direction of oneness in your marriage. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye.